Well, hello there, those fortunate enough to hear this audio. I'm Zach, and this... It's the world of science. Today, we'll be talking about corundum, and the five things that you've likely never known about it. Anyway, you would agree that that intro absolutely did rock. Anyway, let's get right into what we're trying to talk about here. Have you ever thought about the origins of gemstones you buy, or the items you use as an abrasive? Well, if you haven't, I'll tell you right now that it may just be corundum. Hidden right underneath your nose. For a lot of people, they may just see a pretty blue or red gem on their parents' jewelry when they were a kid. Or seeing somebody cutting some optical glass for their glasses, among other things. And while I don't have any relation to corundum myself, I can recognize that Something that we don't usually notice is very interesting to some people. So for one reason or another, I have fell down the rabbit hole that is learning about this cool mineral. So, I'm here to tell you about it. So, after telling you a small bit to bring you into this topic, let us get into the real meat of the topic at hand. To start off, I would like to say that the mineral corundum isn't that rare by any means. It may not be fully common either, but there are more rare gemstones that you could find. In the case of pure corundum, it is almost fully transparent for most pure pieces that have been found. Though, whenever the mineral isn't pure, it does mean that there are small trace amounts of vandium or chromium tainting its purity. Common examples of these impurities are rubies made with traces of chromium tainting the purity, and sapphires being caused by the right mix of titanium and iron. Moving on from the last section, let us get into the next. No time to waste. For cost, when it comes to a lot of gems, we expect a heavy price, but why do we do it when all we're paying for is an impure, colorful little rock? The reason corundum has color in the first place is because it's an allochromatic mineral. The allochromatic mineral is a type of mineral that gets its color because of impurity in the mineral when forming. Without any impurities during formation, it's transparent. So, just because of the impurities they have, sapphires and rubies, they receive the colors they're known for. 
And just because of the fact that they're an impure mineral, people decide that they can dramatically raise the price on some shiny rocks. Anyway, let's move onwards from the viewable things we can see at the moment. And let's take a look at how hard Corundum turns out to be compared to a few other things. We all know people love gems that aren't easy to damage, like moissanite, or obviously diamond. Some people do recognize, though, that rubies and sapphires are almost as durable as those gems to a degree. To get to why the people know this, we must first take a look at a nice little scale here, the Mohs Hardness Scale. The scale we're talking about was made to ascertain the strength or hardness of one mineral to another. And from 1 to 10, as the scale goes, diamond being hardest at 10, corundum would rank on the most hardness scale at a 9. Just shy of 10. And the other example I gave earlier, moissanite, it's just barely harder than corundum, like barely a smidge, being a 9.5 on the Mohs hardness scale. Next time, I might as well get out the less known parts of corundum. And those would be its uses outside of just being a rare gemstone. When you think of a sapphire, or a ruby, you probably think, Oh, that'd be nice to use for a necklace. And that's it, right? Well, if that's all you think, then you wouldn't fully be right. For instance, corundum is a common substance used for non-skid substances on bridges. Also... Its hardness makes it work very well as an abrasive. Among other things, it can be used for glass cutting, but it's mostly used for hardening heavy-duty concrete floors. Besides the normal, more material uses for corundum, there is also the superstitious side to delve into. Some have seen some people claiming that a little ruby has cured the linen ailments, or if you've had a certain type of a sapphire, you would be cursed. All that jazz. Superstition around these gins has come from many areas for reasons like the large array of mystical colors Corundum can become. A good example of this is how some believe that the sapphire has very strong medicinal powers. Something else, a very odd thing related to superstition, is that back in ancient times, the Persians believed that the earth itself had rested on a gigantic sapphire, its color being reflected in, onto earth, which had colored our sky blue. Other, more traditional superstition 
ones with more religious perspective would be how some believe that Moses had received the Ten Commandments on sapphire tablets. The gemstone ruby has also carried with it an amount of superstition. An example of that would be how some would believe it was the most precious out of the twelve stones God had made at the beginning of all things. And lastly, I would like to mention how a ruby was believed to bless its wearer with great effects like better wisdom, health, or understanding, to name some effects it had been said to give. So, by the end here, I hope that you did take some of this stuff in, and that's meaning even just the smallest bits. From me talking about the hardness, the impure status, the non-immediately known uses and facts for this awesome mineral, I do truly, truly hope that you've learned even the smallest tidbit of information. Let's just hope that the next family meeting you have is a meeting that you could use these facts in attempts to impress family members. Anyway, I'll wish you luck in your endeavors, and thank you for listening. My thanks go out to our sources, Geology.com, the International Gym Society, Gym Brokers, the Encyclopedia Britannica, Mineral Education Coalition, Minerals.net, and the University of Waterloo for having the information I so desperately required in order to make this podcast. <laughs>